0: Oh jam hello everyone and welcome back to another something or other filled episode of monday night magic here on twitch.tv slash the Manipul. as i ignore whatever clues is saying and just soldier on with the intro this is episode 661 of monday night magic good lord I am Chewy. You can tell because it says Chewy under my name. If you're watching this on video, if you're just listening audio-wise, you'll just have to take my word for it. All right. So over there, in the middle, stuck in the middle, with you, is Chewy.
1: I am here. I have no idea if I'm pointing the right direction.
0: Uh, You're not. You are definitely not. And then the You're one that's over there right on the other side pointing in now the proper direction is Clues.
1: Hey, how y'all doing? Did I use y'all right there in a sentence? I don't know. I'm from the north.
0: How y'all? Yes, you did.
1: All right. Excellent. Fantastic. I can blend in.
0: Now, but now what we need you to do is conjugate y'all.
1: Uh, It's y'all, y'alls. Uh, all y'alls. I think
0: <laughs> that works for me. Can you okay. conjugate
1: nouns? <laughs> we just
0: did. Okay. Right. I
2: don't think you're going to follow any rules when you start with y'all.
0: That is also accurate. All right. So, uh, apologies. Oh, that sound you heard was my elbow. Apologies for uh, it being Tuesday, but...
1: <laughs> no, you just stop there.
0: Just yeah, apologies there. for it being
1: Tuesday. We are so sorry that it's Tuesday.
2: <laughs> we were aiming for Friday. We would have accepted Thursday, but it turned out it was only Tuesday.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Bison rules are in effect. And Bison? And Bison. But
0: <laughs> for, for Bison, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have to start this episode with a follow-up from last week. <laughs> Uh, We talked about the alleged cat clicking thing on Magic Arena, and it turns out this is real. And the duet.
1: I mean, we're following it up with an article from the same source, so.
0: Oh, there are links to the forums in here.
1: Oh, okay. Never mind. Carry on.
0: At least I think there was. But, apparently, the Watsi community manager, who is never named in this article. Is it you? No. But, uh, the Watsi community manager responded on the Magic Arena forums saying that, yes, we were uh, handing out five-day bans for people that clicked on the cat a lot, but you had to click on the cat a lot, like a lot a lot, over the course of minigames, games. And then we send you a five-day ban. This is not like, oh, when I get bored, I click on the cat a couple times. No, 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 no. Uh, The community manager even said, only about 50 people were suspended and only for five days. The people who were suspended were clicking the cat over 150 per minute, and it was constant. There were thousands of clicks per game. It wasn't a one-time thing either. This was over multiple matches. If you've just been you, absentmindedly clicking the cat, you won't get in trouble.
2: It's kind of a you-know-what-you-were-doing.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, that's a lot of clicks.
2: Like, even if you get bored and you click on things, you're probably not going to do it that much. And if you've noticed it does crash people out once, you'd probably stop. So this happening over multiple games is problematic. And they're like, yeah, five-day ban. Bam.
0: Now the problem with this is that Watsy didn't tell anyone this was a problem.
1: Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 chewy. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Are you implying that Watsy didn't communicate something sufficiently? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm I'm shocked. It's a good thing I'm sitting down.
0: It is a good thing you're sitting down. Otherwise, we wouldn't we'd only be looking at like your crotch instead of your face. So.
2: I no, appreciate you sitting that. down. And that, decided, that's a different night yeah. magic. <laughs> <laughs> that is a
1: different night magic and a different tier on Patreon. Uh,
0: no.
2: <laughs> the gutter tier.
1: But, uh, like,
0: I, I like that the, the player who initially posted their concerns on the MTGA forums didn't like it. It should not matter if you ran the numbers or not, the player responded. You sold us a product, didn't warn us it had a flaw, and then started banning people for using something they paid for. Which, okay, but you were using it to crash your opponent's games so you would get free wins. So maybe you should shut your stupid face hole.
2: This is kind of like how <laughs> there are glitches in Magic Online, and they're problematic, but when it becomes clear that you're taking advantage of a glitch to, you know, win... Or cause your opponent to lose, or just do something you're not supposed to, then it becomes cheating. That's yeah, what this is.
1: It's vital that everyone remember what we refer to as rule number two. Since rule number one is no dying, rule number two is Wheaton's Law don't be a dick. Yeah.
0: But of course, I mean, they were caught doing something wrong. And punished for it. So, of course, they have to complain about it publicly. And, of course, freaking .esports, this garbage website, is going to uh, report on it. But uh, this is totally a thing, which is why we're following up on it. This is real. (laughs) So, yeah. Don't obsessively click your cat 150 times per minute thousands of clicks per game over multiple games just don't do that and it'll be fine yeah i
2: believe you should have the ability to not do that like if you're having trouble with it might i recommend downloading a picture of the cat and putting it in a different window and clicking on that it makes you feel better i'm sure you you could get
0: uh, an animated gif of the cat doing its thing and then you don't even have to click you could just look
2: at it yeah (laughs) or you could you know poke a real cat a thousand times and see what happens to you
1: yeah i don't recommend that yeah
2: i don't either but (laughs) you wouldn't do that in real life why would you do it a virtual cat
1: i actually went to the humane society this weekend and spent some time with some cats well
2: well did you click them a thousand times
1: goodness no cats hate
2: well then see don't do that okay then
0: so there you go that's uh just follow up to an Thing we talked about last week. It is totally a thing, but apparently you have to abuse the hell out of it to actually get suspended, and thus far only around 50 have done so, at least as of the time that this was updated on 718, and it it's now
3: 723. Mm hmm.
0: All right. We good? We good? Yeah. All right. Okay, so now the big news for the week uh, yes. Magic did their panel at San Diego Comic Con. And revealed a lot stuff. of stuff.
1: Yeah. Many, many things.
0: Yeah, they're, they're things with a capital T. And then immediately after that, an article went up on the website that explains a bunch of stuff.
2: Yay.
1: And if you haven't seen this article, you really should. There's a lot of details in it. We're going to hit the highlights. We'll probably not get anything wrong, but we'll see. I mean, it is, it is us. so. I mean, we're You're totally going to get it wrong.
2: We're going yeah. to give you links. We are simply introducing.
1: Yeah. Right. All right. So
0: first up, the October set is Throne of Eldraine. Yes. It's, uh, well, here it is. Think Camelot meets Grimm's fairy tales.
2: Amen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. let, me, let me just start there. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about a number of aspects of this article. There's going to be some positive stuff. There's going to be some negative stuff. I want to try, like, try to highlight the positive where I can. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, the the concept of this set, fantastic, totally on board. It's great.
0: Yep, yep.
2: Uh, yeah, it looks like it could mix my favorite parts of Lorwyn with, with the same approach that was taken to the Innistrad or Theros sets, where it's like, here's the thing, let's play with it. And I think that that's a fun mixture to have Grimm's Fairy Tales and, like, you know, Arthurian legend playing around. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to do there.
1: So one of my favorite little details that they did already uh, the first things that we saw of this was uh, I believe Saturday morning there were some images that were posted on the social medias of a invitation to uh, throne of Eldraine uh, when pre-release happens this fall so they were these like you know flyers that were handed out and on it you can see these little fairies who are obviously small because if you look at like they're they're like someone's got a shield that's made out of a button but one of them has a spear and the the head of the spear is obviously made out of the nib of a fountain pen and i thought that was amazing cuz i love fountain pens so
2: here here first everyone clues loves fairies
1: just a little that is not what i said just a little detail that i thought was neat um, play red. That is all. There you go.
0: Speaking of red, this this character here doing her uh, badass little Red Riding Hood impression is uh, Rowan Kenrith. Remember her? No, she's from Battle Bond. Oh, Will and Rowan Kenrith, the Planeswalkers that I had uh, partner with. Yeah, huh. yeah. So this I didn't
2: recognize like a... her till you told me because when I saw her, I honestly just thought, "Oh, hey, look, it's Celis. Um, Salas didn't wear red,
1: though. If if you no, told me that, was like, going under to be... that
2: like the hair and the design looks like her, oh,
1: yeah. yeah. If you told me there was going to be a male and a female character in this set that were on theme and maybe a pairing for battle bond, I would have said Hansel and Gretel. So does that mean that Gretel is Little Red Riding Hood? Can we can we go ahead and confirm that now?
0: No, we don't confirm things. We just report.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, then you heard it here first.
0: A nice picture of a strange woman lying in a pond, distributing swords. Hi, Nimue. How you doing?
1: Which is exactly how we do government, apparently, in the UK. Uh,
0: These days, yeah. Uh, I appreciate
2: the fact that she's um, not, like, a super tiny fairy or anything, but she also doesn't look like a merfolk. Like, the design is very, you know high fantasy and that's cool
1: yeah and here's hoping there are no merfolk in the set
0: that would be a waste
1: i have a lot of hopes
0: we've got Mm -hmm. a nice little gingerbread house here
2: what could happen
0: yeah uh there were there's a lot more images on the twitter site the twitter site the uh, twitter account where they tweeted out a bunch of them but you know including a gingerbread man running away and uh uh goldilocks looking badass there there's there's some there's some stuff going on <laughs> we didn't yeah. see any cards at the SDCC panel we just saw art and some talk
2: yeah and like i just appreciate the art that we've seen already because like i said The art in Innistrad really set the tone amazingly for the set. And even if you didn't care about the cards, skimming over the art was a lot of fun. And I think this is going to be one of those sets where even if you're not in the mood to play Magic, you can still look at all the art and maybe even pick up the art book that they'll inevitably release. And that'll be fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, now, because... Rosewater is doing his best to make sure that magic players are horribly entitled. He's been answering questions on his Tumblr. Oh, uh, will Kenrith part. is in the set. Um, they're only spending one set here on Eldraine. This is not going to be another Ravnica where we spend three sets here. What were the other dumb questions?
1: Uh, will this kill magic? Uh,
0: no, of that's course, the everything always kills means- magic all the time.
1: although as rosewater does point out occasionally his track record at actually killing magic is really bad
0: it is it's the worst there was some other really dumb question that was answered but i can't remember what it is but rest assured if you've asked a dumb question rosewater possibly answered it already because for some reason he wants magic players to be entitled i don't know uh, but, oddly enough, while this is big news, this is not the only big news to come out of the uh, SDCC
1: panel. This yeah. isn't even the biggest news, I think.
0: So, this okay, so you see... Whoa, hello, highlight. Do you see this right here? No. Part two, why we're doing something new. Last year, Wizards of the Coast went through a reorganization we shifted to what is known as a studio model, where teams are built around supporting a particular product. This bypassed me when I was skimming over this um, the first time. The team you all know of as R&D, along with a few other sections of the company, including art, design, and production folks, were combined to become the studio for tabletop magic, aka the game played with the physical cards. There are different studios associated with other aspects of magic, such as digital games and franchise. The people overseeing the new Netflix series, for instance. Uh, So, Bill saw this and went,
2: ah. It, It clarifies a lot of the questions that I had around, let's say, November, December, when I was really confused about what was going on. Because as we all observed on the show and just in general... Um, WASI shifted gears in a lot of areas and didn't tell us much and communication has not flowed nearly as much since then and there was a lot of what's going on with organized play what's going on with you know for a while there like even I was like maybe not paper magic like not really like now but just like seeing a lot of signs that they were greatly shifting their focus towards the digital component and it sort of makes more sense now because when you shift to a studio model like that, the people that traditionally would have thrown a lot of information at us were suddenly in a position where they weren't supposed to. Um, back when you had the R&D breakdown with all the website and the art and everything, like it was all like, one big thing and all of magic was magic. And there were some people certainly working on digital and some people in roles, but they are all one big group. And so it was way easier for them to share information with each other and then decide, yeah, okay, we can talk about that online. That's cool. But when you shift into studio mode, well, like noted here, all of the groups that we generally thought of as making magic before outside of digital are separate from digital. And franchise being a third group, which is obviously leveraging everything, like they use the Netflix series here, but I would wager that's also why you're getting You know, comic books popping up. That's why you're going to continue to see more things online in terms of any kind of like highly visual marketing. I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to get like more pop figures eventually. Like they haven't announced that, but that's kind of what you do when you have franchise building. A lot more merch will come out of it and a lot of um, cross promotion. So we'll probably see more of that now that there's a group that's, you know, dedicated to building their brand and leveraging it that way. Um, this works out great for people like me who don't really play as much as we used to, but we still are interested by the world and setting, but it does mean that we're going to get a lot less out of like Rosewater and the people that work directly on the cards because they're just working on paper now. They're not building for everything. They're building for paper and someone else's job to adapt that into digital or adapt that into other stuff. So when there's less overall communication internally, which I'm assuming, I mean, I'm sure if you ask them, they'd be like, no, we're talking all the time because they probably got meetings and whatnot as before. But when your job is very strictly, this is your product and this is what you do, you're probably going to focus on that product because that's what you're getting paid to do. And that probably means like we will get less information. Like you'll note that none of these three groups is associated directly with organized play. Um, I mean, technically mm. organized play would be paper. The way we thought of it before but they've intermingled paper and arena for the purposes of qualifying for events and things like that too so there's probably a lot of crossing going on among likely a more dedicated niche thing or people pulled from multiple groups so communication is probably just going to be sloppier until they figure this out like whenever there's a reorg everyone stops talking and it gets messy and generally you don't announce you're doing a reorg because ideally Seamless. Um, but like now that I get that and I understand what's going on, this makes way more sense and I'm less nervous about it because it just means that a lot of the problems that we might've seen for the last year were likely transition hiccups and we just didn't realize it till now. So,
0: so it's actually a
2: good thing. Yeah.
0: Have you ever been through a reorganization at work?
2: Several times.
0: Yeah. So he's speaking from experience.
2: Yeah, they're not bad, by the way. Like, people groan about them if you hear about them and you've never been in one. Like, they're miserable at the time because you don't know your role. You don't know what's going on. Like, even the most veteran and experienced companies that have a total plan from the beginning, you're going to come up with, you know, twists. Things will happen that you have to get figured out. And there's just a lot of bureaucracy while you're doing it because people are building new rules and figuring out roles. And there's just always going to be hiccups. But usually when you do these, they're for a purpose. And when you pop out of it, it was... Generally speaking, better for the company overall once you get there. So having the magic people focus on tabletop means good things for those of us who care about paper magic. But when it comes to people who um, you know, are more interested in these other things, like, again, I'm ecstatic that they have a franchise team. So I think this is going to be great for me because I'm way more interested in seeing what you can do with the world and the setting than I am in actually buying even more magic cards and playing every week. And I as personally I personally
1: can't wait for the movie.
2: I mean sure. As long as there are no Wayans in it, we're good. Um
1: <laughs> We we can't promise that.
2: I mean who could? But yes, um I am the Dork is correct in the chat. Like for me a reorg is usually shuffling the deck, but sometimes it's also um uh, running off of the command zone because I hang out there sometimes. But, you know, reorging your cards is important. You have to completely randomly reorg your cards. Otherwise, you're cheating, and that's not okay.
0: And remember, it takes um, seven uh, riffle shuffles to uh, sufficiently randomize your deck.
2: Yeah, otherwise, it's not a reorg. It's just a siloing, and that's called um, cheating. So don't do that.
1: That's right. <clears throat> do not, under any circumstances, pile reorg.
2: Never do that.
0: But yeah, you'll notice Definitely this don't. says last year. Wizards of the Coast went through a reorganization, and I'm wondering when last year, because we really started to feel the what-in-the-blue-hell-is-Wizards-doing
2: about, I
0: want to say, like,
2: late October? I'm going to say October. Like, straight up. <laughs> I'm, fer- I'm fairly confident it was around October. Um, odds are it was actually started sooner than that, but because they already build stuff so far out in advance, we didn't notice. Um, but that was when they started being like, Oh, we're not doing this event, or we're moving it to that time, or we're not gonna announce certain sets and certain plot lines and certain whatnots immediately. Like I think it was around then. Um and they tend to last for like I wager even in the most, you know, put together companies, probably four to six months. So they probably figured that all out by now, but because everything in Watsi is delayed, we just are still getting some of the pickups from it. Hopefully. But yeah, so that was something that just stood out to me while scrolling. And like, it's obviously not the focus of his article, but to my knowledge, they'd never announced they were doing this before. So this was fun and insightful for me.
1: Yeah.
0: So, okay. But as for what they're doing, uh, well, the name of this article is Project Booster Fun, which it is.
2: is dumb. But whatever. It sounds like a thing a doctor would tell a child before giving them a shot.
1: Okay. And then the now, child
2: hates them. I, I,
1: I wanna be I wanna be clear. Here's something that I want people to keep in mind as we talk about the changes that are coming. Okay. The thing that they say in this article is that uh, during that uh, that reorg, the the folks in the tabletop team came up with the following question. And it's here in this article. How can we make tabletop magic even better? Okay, that was their goal. And the answer they came up with is two-pronged. And the two prongs are surprise and agency. So I want you to keep those two things in the back of your mind as we talk about these changes and ask yourself if these were, I'm not going to say the best answers to, to that question. How can we make tabletop magic even better? Because that the answer to that question is going to be different For every person. There's no way to to be 100% crystal clear at the beginning. There is no way to make every Magic player happy at the same time. So keep that in mind.
0: Yes, that is literally not possible.
1: And uh, we as a collective have not really talked in depth about these changes yet. So you're going to get some genuine responses and some genuine debate from us tonight as well. Um, but, But to be clear... The question was, how can we make magic even better? And these are the answers that they came up with.
0: Yeah, okay. So, surprise and Go agency. Um, so, first up, they upped the foil. And they're calling them foils. It was pointed out in the Discord server that they always call them premium cards. Yeah. And mm. in this article, he just straight up calls them foil. I'm wondering if that's because premium cards... Is going to mean more things in the future. Ooh. I'm
2: confident that's what that means. Yeah. I
1: think you're right.
0: So they've upped the foil drop rate, which we talked about from Magic 2020. Yep. Yep. Which is the first place that happened. Um but we so get...
1: previously it was one in sixty-seven cards were gonna be a foil, so you had a twenty-two and a half percent chance of opening a foil in any given booster. New drop rate is one in 45 cards, giving you a 33.4% chance. So basically one out of every three boosters on average. That's be careful. Statistics don't work the way you think they do. On average, one out of every three will have a foil in it. So they've upped that drop rate. And first of all, let me just say, I like it. Okay, that right there, I think that's a good change. I think people like foils. I can speak from experience of attempting to sort my collection that uh, sometimes it's really annoying because some things you've got in foils and some you don't. And do you keep the foils? Do you not keep the foils? What constitutes a play set? Are you keeping five if you have the fo- Look, it gets a little crazy. I admit it. It's fine though, but still more foils I think is overall better. However, with the following caveat, can they give us foils that don't, curl
2: that is a different discussion
1: but that's a separate topic for a separate day but there it is more importantly
0: not just can they give us foils that don't curl but can they give us cards that don't exist only in foil
1: yeah like okay i don't know as long as we avoid that
0: yeah and the answer to that it turns out spoilers is yes but we'll get to that so okay we get to see three new treatments of things that are going to be in booster packs of some sort. We've got borderless planeswalkers like they did in, um, the mythic Editions.
1: mythic Editions, Yes. We've got
0: extended art frames, which apparently this Liliana of the veil is an extended art frame, not a borderless planeswalker.
1: I was going to ask you guys about that because I can't quite tell the difference on that particular piece of art. If that is extended art frames or borderless planeswalkers, where you can tell... So take a look. At, I assume that they're up on the screen there. I can't actually see the screen right yes. now. Yes. If you look at the Noble Hierarch, okay, the extended art is extended left-right, not up-down. The Liliana of the Veil, I believe, is extended left-right, not up-down. But if you scroll back up to the uh, Crap the Mind Sculptor and uh Sion of Urza, you can see that the, the artwork goes all the way both up and down. okay. So it's a really subtle distinction between these two things, but it looks like only Planeswalkers will ever be... Okay, I won't say ever. Currently, only Planeswalkers will be the extended both up-down art, and other things can be extended left-right, if that makes sense.
0: Ooh, it also says, while the rules text is identical, the borderless Planeswalkers will have different art from the normal Planeswalker cards. Eh...
2: That's another distinction.
0: And this Lily of the Veil is the original art, so... Right. So the art... Oh, okay, here it is. The art on the extended art frames is the same as on the normal versions, just with a different aspect ratio.
1: Okay. Now, here is a question I'm going to ask. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it to... to I, I don't really want this to be like a topic of debate between us, but I want people to think about this and to consider it. Would you be happy if magic went to the extended art for all art period, full stop.
2: I I like it being special.
1: See, that's, that's the question. And I, I don't really know the answer to that myself at this time. I think it's neat. I really like it. It, it reminds me a lot of, for those who play arena, if you've got the, uh, the cards, a card style that has that kind of motion to it, It does kind of a similar thing to this extended art idea. I mean, it doesn't move because obviously we're not in Harry Potter here, but still. Um, So is this a thing that needs to be, does it need to stay special or what if we did this all the time? I don't know. Think about it. Anyway, carry on. This is completely
0: irrelevant to the news.
1: (laughs) It is. But look, I just think it's something that I'd like people to consider. So, think about it in your spare time, and there you go. Okay,
0: moving on to the actual stuff to talk about. We've got showcase frames. What?
1: So, this is not a single
0: thing. This is a special thing that will be different in each set. So, for instance, here is the new frame. Uh, Oh, this is the badass Goldilocks I was talking about before. This is a new frame that will be for some kind of card... In, um, crap, uh, Throne of Eldraine. There we go. Yes. I was like, Throne? Thrones? It's singular. Throne of Eldraine. Oh.
2: Uh,
0: and... Oh. <laughs> yes, thank you. Th- this is what the normal card frame will look like for whatever this new card is. We don't know yet. This is just what the frame looks like. Okay? Nice and simple. Got it? Got it. This Got is it. what the showcase frame of that will look like. As you can see, it's way more ornate and storybooky and artsy and uh, busy.
2: Yeah,
1: it is. It is quite busier. the The key takeaways are the showcasey bit will be set specific. So this particular set is very fairy tale storybooky. So it looks kind of storybooky with some vines all around it. So fairy taley, yeah, totally cool. Okay, so it'll be set specific. First of all, second of all different art that can be a thing too so keep those in mind
0: on showcase cards the art and frame will be a new stylized version that plays into the set's theme which is basically what clues just said uh throne of eldraine specifically has showcase cards a common uncommon rare and mythic okay and all three treatments mentioned above so borderless planeswalkers extended art frames And showcase cards will exist in foil and non-foil.
1: So you could have a foil showcase or a foil full art planeswalker. Those things will exist. Yes. With prices to match.
0: So, those are the three new surprise things you can find in boosters.
1: Buried in there is a fourth I'm not really going to call it a surprise thing, but a fourth change, if you go all the way back up to the beginning, there is a new frame for tokens.
0: Which we saw in 2020, so that's not really new.
1: Yeah, but it is, it, it, it bears mentioning, because there it is. Okay. Can't all right.
0: There. So, uh, that is the surprise part. New stuff to open and go, huh, at. Right? Makes sense? Makes sense. All right. So now the agency part. Uh, and this is the one that's got people grumbling but everything always has people grumbling so whatever um mm, they wanted to give magic players a little bit more control over what they're opening does that does that sound right
1: it it does, and I mean that's really what they're getting at with agency, right? I mean there was a time there was a time when a booster was a booster was a booster, right? You want a booster of Throne of Eldraine? Here's a booster of Throne of Eldraine. We all know what that means. It is a 15 card pack, and it's only 15 because is it only 15 because we're counting the land? It's not the way that works, unless it's a weird set where we're replacing the land with something else. Never mind. It's a 15 card pack. It's the thing you know. Yeah. Unless you want to go back a long time and it's like an 8 card pack, but still. 15 card pack.
0: that is now known as a draft booster
1: it is so the thing we knew as a booster is now a draft booster this is just a name change overall there's nothing to see here if you are drafting this is what you're opening if you are playing sealed this is what you're opening if you are buying a booster box chances are this is what you're opening
0: okay we're clear so booster packs as we know them Our draft boosters, okay? Right. Yes.
1: Even if you don't like that filthy draft stuff.
0: Uh, Next up, we have theme boosters. Now, this is not new. We have seen these in the past, most recently with uh, uh, Guilds of Ravnica. Yep. Where you could get guild theme boosters. So these are going to be an ongoing thing for now. So this is for players who want to get lots of something specific.
2: People wow. like clues who want red cards.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: Instance,
3: yeah.
1: So in, in this case for throne of Eldraine, Eldraine, El Eldraine, I'm going to get that right someday. Today's not that day. Uh, here, the theme is colors. So back in Guilds of Ravnica, it was guilds so you could buy like a guild booster. No, no, no. Here, it's just we're going to have five different ones, one for each of the colors. Yeah. And here Here's it's not going to be a 15-card pack. It's going to be a 35-card pack. Yeah. So yeah. you could go and you could buy uh, the blue pack, and it would have 35 blue cards that you could throw away. Or you could buy the red pack, and it would have 35 red cards that would be worth playing. So it is up to you. Now, I as as we talk about this, these things, we haven't actually gotten to the one that's going to be like controversial yet. But here, if we just take a moment and let's just look at who is the target with a draft booster. It's right in the name: people who want to draft. Right that that pack. Is set up with commons and uncommons and rares and balanced in such a way that you have a healthy, theoretically, draft environment. That's what it's for. This thing, the theme booster, this is not a thing you draft with. This is a thing that it is targeted at. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here, and I don't mean it to sound mean, because that is not what I mean by it. This is targeted at casuals. Right, if because if we we're gonna get to a breakdown a little bit later on as to what's actually in one of these, and it's not like oh, since it's thirty-five cards, there's like what, like five rares and like ten uncommons and like twenty commons. No, 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 it's not like that. This is targeted at casual players, and let's be one hundred percent clear and one hundred percent honest with ourselves: the vast majority of people who play Magic are casual players. By numbers, everything Watsy has ever said bears that out. So this is targeted at them. And I think this is a good product for them, right? Because when, when I open up a booster right now, even, even myself, and no, I'm not a tournament grinder. That's absolutely fair. But when I open a pack right now, if my rare or mythic is blue, I feel like I was ripped off, like I lost. Because that card is useless to me. Because I will not play that card. But here, I'll play pretty much all the cards that are in it, and that's just fine. Is that a fair way to describe this?
0: Sure, yeah.
2: Okay. I mean, it it has the nice effect of and I'm sure this will probably be a thing when people are inventing new events, but if you want to make a magic deck, you could buy one of these and grab a whole bunch of the same land and it may be a giant, messy mess, but you could do that, and that could be a a fun, more controlled way to play Sealed without the rare heaviness, too. Yeah. But, um, for the most part, yeah, these are focusing on people who just want to get a bunch of commons and uncommons that they can play together. They'll all be in-set, they'll all be themed together. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah. So, are we are we clear? Okay, moving on. Yep. Great. The last flavor of booster is the collector booster, which is well, it's aimed at the player who values collecting the cards. the The uh, collector boosters will range between twenty and twenty five dollars per booster,
1: although there's no MSRP.
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, depend on your region and where you shop. And it's designed to be the best value for prioritizing collecting hard-to-find cards. This gets you more foils, more of the treatments. Uh, it's the only booster where you can get the extended art cards. And this is... Let's see, only in English and Japanese. Hmm... There's really not much else to say about this without getting into the nitty-gritty, which is the next section. But this is yeah. where all your high-dollar stuff is going to be.
2: <clears throat> and this is, is where your high-dollar variants are going to be. Yeah. That's, yes. I think, a fair way of saying that. Because, as mentioned, the drafting packs are the same packs we've always had that we've always managed to get the cards that we want to play out of. This is the... Fancy alternative that's going to give you fancier versions of stuff, but you're still not buying singles, so you're still rolling the dice, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Now the chat is already there's there's a person in here who said more greed from Watsi. No, Watsi
1: isn't any greedier
0: than any other company that makes a product that it sells. Okay, that's they know that there's a market out there, and their attempts to Recent attempts to please that market have been horrendous failures. See two of the last three mythic editions. yeah,
1: well, they did sell a lot of them, so i don't know that we can necessarily call them a failure okay, they
0: horrendous failure from the per from the point of view of the consumer
1: oh absolutely sure yeah uh, d- demand far outstripped supply and there's no indication necessarily that that's going to change at all because while draft boosters and theme boosters are things that yeah, they'll just print them till they stop, collector boosters are still going to be a limited print run. Which Let's means your here. supply is still going to be limited.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs>
1: Now someone in the chat also mentioned hey do you remember uh and I wh- who was it it was I want to say gloppy bricks quite no gloppy rocks there it is uh do you remember the shards of alara premium booster packs the all foil alara booster packs and yeah this is kind of that crossed with mythic edition crossed with I don't know something um I
2: it is a product to... that is aiming at people that want to have cool, different stuff, not aiming at people who want the cards strictly to play.
1: Yeah. Right. And if there were cards, if if the only thing different about the cards in these packs and other packs were how blingy they were, I would have absolutely zero problem with any of it absolutely zero is what i'll say all right so however
0: let's get into the nitty-gritty before clues however's sure uh so let's go your draft booster this is what you know and love you get a rare or a mythic three uncommons 10 commons a land and an ad or a token right
1: same thing we always knew about it's a booster a booster is a booster is a booster
2: nothing has changed
0: yes it. we're all fine here how are you theme booster you get 35 cards and a reference card what the hell is a reference card new Probably player, new player information book. yeah so it's uh it, it, that's again this is targeted at casual this players is your onboarding. So, so this is like a oh here did you know this and hmm. you get 1.1 1. 1 rares or mythic rares which means every theme booster has one some, one in every 10, has two. Okay. And yeah, then you I'm, get 33 to 34 commons and uncommons.
1: There you go. It, 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 until they added the 1.1, 1. 1, I'm like, oh yeah, that seems fine. But then they added the 1.1 1. 1 and it felt out just a tiny bit loot boxy to me. But I still. You're buying
2: sealed product of mystery can cont- cont- Yeah, they're, yeah. they're but,
0: rares. It's, it's not like there's anything super special.
2: Yeah. Sometimes. sometimes you can get three mythics. I've been told. Like, God, don't worry. let start it. that again.
1: <laughs> also, uh, we have no indication yet what. And, and yes, tenth deck priest. I do know that all bo- boosters are loot boxes. I do know that. Uh, we have no indication yet what a theme booster is going to sell for. Do we? Does anyone happen to know? Chat, by the way. Does anyone happen to know what the guilds of Ravnica? Uh, uh, theme boosters the guild boosters what were those going for because i have no idea
0: i i don't think were those like this were they this big
1: i don't know i never actually I, bought any i never interacted with one yeah. so
2: yeah um anyway. do note that um it is 33 to 34 common slash uncommons it will not always be the same breakdown on that front either you're getting right. a pile of
1: bulk cards yeah yeah here's here's a pile of cards but at least they're all red
2: don't sweat it
0: too much okay so we've got anything from 550 to eight dollars in the chat so okay some amount now cool. the collector booster yep here it is this is where all the insanity happens okay so here we go um there are 15 cards and one foil token hey you nice. can get fo- you get foil tokens in the collector boosters okay? okay can we get
1: foil tokens anywhere else
2: no get a collector booster
1: yeah, that's what I
0: thought. Yeah. Besides, your tokens will just curl if they're foil, so it's fine. Now, you get one rare or mythic rare with extended art. So you get one extended art rare. Uh, you get one foil rare or mythic rare. Okay. You get nine foil commons and uncommons. Okay. So that's nine. That's 11 cards. Three special frame cards, either showcase or borderless planeswalkers. All right one ancillary card more on that in a minute and one foil token so these are all pretty self-explanatory except for the ancillary card yeah so let's just go down to that this slot is for new cards that are connected to the set but don't appear in draft boosters so the first thing that comes to mind is buy a box promo correct Uh, The card pool for this slot can vary from set to set. For Throne of Eldraine, this will be the Buy a Box card. The new cards from the Planeswalker decks, you remember those? Planeswalker decks? They come with Mm -hmm. the Planeswalker deck, Planeswalker, and some specific cards?
2: Yeah, they're the ones that come with the bad Planeswalkers.
0: Yeah. And the new cards from the Brawl decks, which we'll get to that later, too. And so this... Well, this slot is going to be the catch-all for mechanically unique cards associated with the set. Allowing collectors to get them here without having to purchase other products or participate in other promos. These cards will be in non-foil. These cards will be in non-foil. So, if they do do another Simic Nexus, there will be non-foil versions floating around out there. So it's fine. Wait, do you mean Nexus of Fate? Sorry, yeah, Simic Nexus is the deck. Correct. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if, like... My statement still stands, if they do another Simic Nexus, which is a deck named after a Biobox promo that only exists in foil and cause problems with, you know, judges and tournaments, then...
1: I was going to say, it's, look, don't blame the judges. It's a problem with, you know the tournaments.
0: So yeah, this is a place to get those cards not shiny, which is pretty awesome.
3: Yeah.
0: So uh Vincent says the buy box is already in non-foil now. Nope, that was that is not the case. That only happened once. Was that Was that M20 or was that Modern Horizons? Why am I asking you guys? You don't know. Chat, was that M20 or was that Modern Horizons? There was one of those where.
2: Apparently, it was just Modern Horizons.
0: Ah, okay. So, yeah, Modern Horizons is the one where the BioBox promo was not full. What about M20? I don't even remember Probably. what the BioBox was for M20. just the normal one. Is it, is it shiny? Okay.
2: I know the one from um, the, you know, Magic Endgame, effectively. <laughs> Um, was shiny only because it was the variant uh, Tezzeret. Was right. Not.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. So, there will be all kinds of stuff going on in this. So you get foil, commons and uncommons, a foil rare mythic, extended art, the special frame stuff, one non-foil something or other and then a foil token so this is the collector boosters where you go to get the fancy schmancy stuff yes so if fancy schmancy stuff does not appeal to you like it doesn't to me yeah there's no reason to ever buy a collector booster ever so you're not being forced to buy anything So, don't go saying stuff like that.
1: (laughs) So, here we start to see the edges of what makes me, I'm not going to say upset or angry, just uncomfortable. Okay, some stuff that I'm not super happy with. Like, if the rest of this article existed and we just cut out the chunks that talked about this booster, I'd be fine with it. Okay, it'd be totally fun. I would be totally on board. Please get to the point. All of this. (laughs) What is it specifically? Squeeze not feeling well, so I'm just trying to, you know, fill in. You do not
2: have to fill in. I promise people will benefit from it being shorter. Yeah.
1: Damn it. Okay. Uh, My concern is fragmentation. It's the same concern that I've had on multiple occasions that I had back when there were cards that were in the, the true intro decks, not the things called intro decks, but the, like the little like 30 card starter decks that they gave you, that there were cards that were in standard that were not in the set. Okay? The cards that are going to be in these boosters, the collector boosters, these cards are going to be standard legal. So, there will be cards that appear in these boosters that you could not get in a normal draft booster that will be legal in standard. And that level of fragmentation is, I would describe it as as more of dilution than anything else. Now, it's possible that none of those cards will be standard playable, and that's fine. That's something that we've had before. I mean, we had the whole problem with the buy a box promo of always being in just foil, but it never mattered because that card sucked and no one played it in standard until they did, and then we had problems, right? So there's going to be cards here, and it was mentioned tangentially, and we haven't gotten to that discussion yet about uh, the stuff for Brawl, because there will be some Brawl decks coming soon. There will be cards that are made for Brawl that are standard legal, that you can only get in two places, the precon Brawl decks, and here in these collector boosters. And that's where I start to have problems with this. Because, I, I mean, first of all, Magic is a complicated game always has been a complicated game absolutely true the idea of standard is a level of complexity that we have bolted on top of that right so i go let's say my mom goes to the store and she's gonna buy me because she knows i like to play match she's gonna buy me something for magic oh here i bought this thing for you and brings it home okay well hopefully if i'm lucky fingers crossed This thing actually is currently in standard because we're assuming in this particular example that I'm a standard player. So we're assuming that my mom did not go to a store where they still had boosters for, oh, I don't know, new Phyrexia lying around. So let's start there. But now not only does it matter what set it's from, but did my mom pick up a collector booster or a theme booster or uh, a draft booster what exactly did this relative of mine pick up now i'm not saying that this is a huge problem that everyone's going to have but if, if you want the elevator pitch if someone is brand new and you're trying to explain to them how to get the cards they need to actually play in standard now what do you tell them
0: go to a the card the shop and buy singles it,
1: I was going to say the, the correct answer is you're going to you buy singles, but it, it, it's added another layer of complexity to the standard rotation puzzle that, you know, I'm not saying that this is backbreaking. I'm not saying that this is a huge problem, but anytime they do this sort of thing, it makes me uncomfortable. Are you and bothered this by a,
2: this philosophically or practically?
1: Uh, philosophically. I mean, it, okay. it may come up. It may come up practically. I don't know yet. I don't know what's going to be in these, uh, these, because, problems.
2: From the practical standpoint, the person who's getting into magic can go and get the booster packs or they can get the theme packs and be perfectly fine for playing their cards in a standard tournament. And when they want to go more in-depth and learning more about what's there, at that point, they start running into these corner cases. But by that point, they're invested enough that they can figure it out, is my view on it. Like... I understand that it's adding a niche corner case and that you hate those because like the same things that made you want to be a judge are the ones that wanting there to be order and things to make sense. And I every do. time you add an exception, it messes with you
0: except, right.
2: but I want to add
0: this isn't adding any of that. All of this crap that clues is, is uh, philosophically obj- philosophically objecting to have been in the game for literal years. This actually uh, yeah, and I, no, 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 I is helping that it because along. it's adding another place to find all that crap.
1: But I objected to it all along. You,
0: you did, which means it, this it, isn't new. It's if anything, the collector the booster is helping to alleviate that because it's, you can get that stuff in boosters.
1: A certain kind of booster. Where can I get these boosters and how much do they cost?
0: That isn't because part it of the discussion just yet. We don't know I there aren't
1: MSRPs. can't Why a collector booster at Target? At least, God, I hope not.
2: So, if you care about these niche cards, and you are building a deck that would need these niche cards, you're probably reaching the point in your Magic career where you understand the value of buying singles.
1: Or at least you should. Otherwise, Or this is like, exactly this is who teaching depends.
2: people that you should buy singles. Because if you are buying, I'm telling you now, if you're buying booster packs of any variety with hopes of getting very specific cards, stop. Yeah, you're doing it. You're bro. gambling. If you're just opening packs to get cards and you're going to be happy getting cards, open packs, get cards. That's cool. When you start aiming for specific cards, you should buy singles. That's... Yeah the difference. And this is how you learn. Like, Fair.
1: But look, I, I didn't want it to all sound like sunshine and roses. This is, this is my problem with it. It is philosophical. I do recognize I may be completely in the minority on this, but it, you are. it yeah. does.
2: Well, it's something that bothers you. Oh, and that makes sense. That. I, yeah. I,
1: get I that. mean, that. It, it I, I agree with you. That.
0: To to some extent that I don't like that, that the what's legal and standard is sort of all over the place. But for the purposes of that discussion, this booster is the opposite of making it worse. It's making it better because now the buy a box promo you can get here. The crap from other things that cost more, okay. you can do, get do here. You
1: remember, do you remember when uh, a certain card that shouldn't exist, True Name Nemesis, was printed in a Commander Precon? Yeah. And it was it be it quickly became, I'm not gonna call it a legacy staple, but an important legacy card. Yeah. And that one commander deck became incredibly more expensive than all of the other commander decks yeah. in that set. My concern is we're now running that same risk with standard, right? I don't there think are, it's the same. Uh, Well, but but the other, okay, so set aside the collector booster for just one second, because that's going to be a limited print run, and it's very expensive, okay? Compared to a regular booster, you're talking like a factor of five price difference here, okay? So set it aside for just a second. There will be cards printed in the Brawl decks that we haven't even gotten to that will be standard legal, and there could be another mistake like that suddenly there's a card that is, uh, I'm not going to say uh, devastating, but warping the standard scene. And the only way to get it are the brawl deck that it comes in, or one of these collector boosters where you're just rolling the dice with your $20. Conceptually, that bothers me. Philosophically, that bothers me. Or it may not be singles? a problem. They may have, well, yes, that is what you should be doing. Yes. Yes. You know that, and I know that, but we've been doing this for years. Of course, we know that.
2: Yeah, but the point is, you're never going to learn until they put something like that in front of you. This is the one, like, if anything, this is better because you're not buying booster box upon booster box, hoping you open that one format warping. Yeah, but we could also, what you're buying,
1: we could also just not do that, right? That is, well, you could not buy it. Yeah. (laughs) That used to be a possibility. It used to be that, oh, we just have boosters. It's either in this booster or it's not. But now it's which booster? Which kind of booster is it in? And again, that just lays, layers another level of complexity on if top. If you're at the point where like
2: you want it. a specific card that you know exists, you're invested enough to figure out which booster it's at. Yeah.
1: You should be, yes. You, you will be. That.
2: This is how you learn.
0: Yeah, that's that that how this
1: works. Or we could not do this right? Or at least we used to be able to, but they've taken that out of our hands. There wouldn't be a thing to learn if they didn't do this.
2: Yeah, you would continue to open box after box trying to get Mythic Rare. No,
1: I would still buy the damn singles.
2: Yeah, but the hypothetical person you're talking about...
1: They have now made a way to have... My objection is philosophical and has been noted. Continue.
2: Well, it's like, I do think that it's worth noting that you were creating a scenario where a person is invested enough to want to have a specific card, but not invested enough to buy it. And I don't think that's a place. And that's why I think that I understand completely not liking the complexity of this, but... There were, have always been cards that were hard to acquire. That's the basis of it. And this is just a different way to get some of them. Like, personally, I'm more annoyed by the buy-a-box ones. And uh, this introducing more of them into circulation, especially if they're not foil, is making an existing problem better for me. And if they screw up and they manage to put the best card ever in a brawl thing, they're going to print more of those.
1: Well, let's let's take that example, okay? Here's how I would fix the buy a box promo issue. Don't make the buy a box promo a unique card, make it a unique art variant of a card that already exists in the set. That's
0: what they did
2: for like years. Like they used to. Yeah.
1: I think that was better philosophically. Sure. Um And it's not like they didn't sell boosters then.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not going to pretend that they're not doing this to make more money. I just don't think it's as big of a problem as you do.
1: Yeah, but Did I mean, like, I I say, at any point, say that this is a horrible problem that's going to kill Magic.
2: No, we have different values on this one, which is why you're more upset about it than I am. I'm not saying that either of us is right or wrong, but I'm acknowledging the entire reason I asked if this was philosophical was entirely because, like, you don't think. This oh, is going no. to actively
1: hurt Matt. No, Matthew. I don't you think just that don't little like Timmy that is going this. to cry himself to sleep because he keeps cracking open these collector boosters and not getting the card he wants. Because if that's what he's doing, he's a dumbass and should just go online and buy the single.
3: Because
0: <laughs> if he can afford to buy several collector boosters, <laughs> if he can
1: buy several, he can buy the single. <laughs> he could totally just go buy the single, even at some <laughs> stupid marked up price. So, yeah. I, it, everybody okay over there? Ow! You, you, I may
0: or may not have slammed my elbow into the <laughs> corner of my desk, and it hurt very much bad.
1: Yeah, rule number one. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's similar to okay. The I I did not care philosophically for the Mythic Edition uh, concept because I thought they were horribly overpriced for what they were doing. Sure. I feel like the whole collector's booster kind of falls very much into that same category, that it's like stupidly expensive. Sure. I mean, at at least all of the cards, like functionally the cards, not the look, not the treatment, but functionally the cards, all of the cards, I think, with the exception of foil tokens, you can find in some other product in some other way. It may be very limited which products you can find them in but at least you can find them somewhere else. Yes. And and that's that I'm fi- that part of it philosophically I'm fine with. Although they are kind of jerks for sticking only foil tokens or for foil tokens only being in these collector boosters. That's
2: Are you bothered by the fact that a lot of those cards and their other forms are out of print so that this is now the only way you can buy new ones or are you okay with the secondary market enabling those cards?
1: I'm totally I, I, if I understand your question, I'm totally okay with the secondary market.
2: Okay. Like, I only say that because I think that this is going to be the same kind of boat. Like, they'll sell out of these. You'll buy them on the secondary market anyway. These are limited print run, just like anything else that's run in the cards. There are less of them. That's how rarity works.
1: Yeah. I mean, it in in a sense, it is artificial scarcity taken to its logical extreme because right? it's yeah. not like they couldn't print more of these cards; sure. they can. They've merely chosen not to, because and then that's... they can charge a premium for it.
0: Well, yeah, it's and the same as having a limited the, print run on the Mythic Edition, which we right. said they did on purpose to make it more special. Yes. They did. It's yeah. the same. I'm pretty sure this is replacing the Mythic Edition thing.
1: God, entirely. I hope so. I that really would make the
2: most sense, that. given they blatantly were doing the Mythic Edition to try out cool new card frames yeah um so so clues would you
0: rather them still do ridiculous crap like the mythic edition and all of that Mm -hmm. or the collector booster that has all that
2: stuff in it
1: i would rather have the collector booster but i wouldn't make it the way they did but that they didn't ask me so that's fair like i get it yeah i i actually this is going to sound really weird and i i feel bad for saying this I actually preferred conceptually the Alara Premium Booster to what the Collector Booster is.
2: Because the Alara Premium Booster was entirely foils that you could get out of normal packs?
1: Correct. Yeah. Because I... I There was nothing unique
2: to them. They were just cool. I got to open 15 foils.
1: Yes, they were blingy. And I have no problem with blingy. I like blingy. I, I just want standard to be easy to explain conceptually, not, oh, also these 20 cards that you can only get over there.
0: I mean, in the, okay, going back to your elevator pitch. Yeah. Those 20 cards will never, ever, ever matter in standard, except for that we one time that Nexus that of Fate same happened.
1: same damn thing about uh, buy a box promo. Yeah, I like
0: except for that one time that Nexus of Fate happened. Which costs, then, what does Nexus of Fate cost? Has,
1: I don't know. It's a blue card. I don't care.
0: I I will say
2: that I was fundamentally annoyed. There's no
1: swearing on Monday Night (laughs) Magic.
2: Look, I remember being very annoyed about this. I remember being on my own soapbox about it. I also acknowledged, you know, a year later after seeing it that I was definitely reacting because I was philosophically against it more so than practically because as we've observed, anyone who wanted Nexus of Fate could get it. There were enough Nexus of Fates around to make them available. People were able to play with them. Eventually, least, well,
1: as the eventually, card with a proxy issued by a judge, sure,
2: there were enough of them around for people to play with, and people who wanted them could find them. And there were a lot of them in circulation, so in yeah. practice, it wasn't actually an issue. I didn't like the fact that you could only get them that way because I was feeling entitled to being able to open any card I wanted out of a pack, and that's just not actually how it works now.
0: Yeah, remember. Almost all of the outrage about Nexus of Fate becoming huge and there's only one way to get it was manufactured by people that were just pissy because there were more of those at the time that people were complaining. There were more of those in circulation than there were of any other single mythic in that set.
2: I think if I'd realized how many of them were in circulation up front and taken a moment to think about it, I wouldn't have been as upset but it didn't occur to me just how many of them were out there by comparison to other mythics.
0: Yeah, which we didn't know at the time because Watsi didn't tell us numbers right. until it was the thing until I think... everyone was
1: upset and they had it. it. Yeah. Also, as a counter to my own uh, anger and vitriol, uh, I think that chances are Watsy has learned their lessons from True Name Nemesis and Nexus of Fate and that they are unlikely to repeat those sorts of mistakes.
2: I think there's another thing that we can look at with this, and the fact that that ancillary card can be whatever they want, can be a relief valve. In the event that something in one of these becomes super important, they could just put it in the next set's slot there. This is a thing they can do. I'll also
1: note that both of those mistakes were blue.
2: Well, nearly every mistake in the history of magic is blue. It's because it's the thing that Correct. breaks the rules. It's yes. just how it's going to happen. But in the terms of this, I see this as something that they can use to get things out the same way that precondex served that function for years too. In so, conclusion,
1: Van Island, thank you for so coming to my TED talk.
2: I, I think that we've dug into this. We'll find out more. We'll probably have some opinions when we see prices. But honestly, the go-to knowledge that everyone who's in the magic has to hear this should have is if you want the fun experience of opening a pack and seeing what random stuff is in it buy a pack if you want specific cards or a specific deck don't gamble buy the cards even if they feel they cost too much they cost whatever they cost
1: yeah and it's still cheaper than the other way you're going to do it and in the end it's probably going to be
2: fun yeah those prices are determined based on how hard it is to get the card you want so you're not going to get ahead if you open a bunch of packs trying to get there you might be lucky at the beginning long term you lose money. So Stop gambling.
0: Okay. So now that we're past all of that... Planeswalker decks. Planeswalker decks are back. You know them already. Whatever. Uh, Brawl decks are also a thing because Gavin still works for Wizards of the Coast, which means he refuses to let Brawl just die because Brawl (laughs) did die. But now they're going to resurrect it. With a minus one, minus one
2: count.
1: I was going to say, there appear to be a lot of... No. There appear to be a vocal minority of people out there who really like Brawl. Uh, Yes. They are both vocal
0: and a minority. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: So, we've got uh, four Brawl decks. They're 60-card decks, and they're going to have seven cards in each deck that are new Now, and not, so, so that doesn't mean there are 28 cards. I think there are 20 new cards in Brawl is the thing. Yeah, I came...
1: want to say 20 is the is the number that was thrown out.
0: Yeah, so there'll be cards that are, they're going to be commander cards. We we know what we say, what that means when you say commander cards. They're yeah. going to be commander cards. Yeah, They're going to be
2: niche and cool, but not competitively priced.
0: Yeah, or they're going to be uh, like the mana rock and not even functional outside oh. of Brawl and Commander.
2: Yeah, that's true, Which
0: too. We'll get to that shortly, but there there you go. So there's... But these are, as Clue said, going to be standard legal, and you can get them in Brawl decks and in collector packs. Yeah.
1: I mean, statistically speaking, they're going to be standard legal in the same way that the Planeswalkers in the Planeswalker decks were standard legal, but you would never play them in standard. Yes. So. This is to
2: alleviate that problem that Clue had before, where someone buys you a thing that says Eldraine on it, and you want to play it in your standard deck.
1: Yeah. You can.
2: You probably shouldn't, but you can.
1: Unless there's been an emergency banning. But that's
0: that's a story for Yeah, Or, or unless out the out sun went nova and killed us all. But, the, you know. Hopefully soon. Uh, so. so, finally, I think, not finally, we still have the bundle, but now in the bundle you get uh, a promo card. The promo card is uh, a card from the set with alternate art in a normal frame. So it's an old-school alternate art promo. Remember those? They used to do those. Clues misses those days.
1: I do miss those days, but I do have a question about this product. Okay. Okay. There are some things about this product I absolutely love. One is the 20 foil basic lands. I think that's great because you know how I feel about lands. But the thing I'm confused about is why 10 draft boosters?
2: That's price point.
1: Yeah, the, it, it they've just, been
0: changing. This used to be the fat pack, and they've yeah. been changing the number and contents of things that are in the fat pack.
2: Those have been creeping up Constantly. since it was five.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, i I can get multiples of three, makes sense to me, but ten just it's sounds probably like because they want to sell these
2: for like forty bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah I was going to say some suit somewhere said tens around number and it makes the like, MSRP, which we're not going to say out loud because we don't do that anymore makes sense
2: so the thing that you have to remember for these is that their main job is to live on big box shelves yeah and they have to earn that space
0: now remember clues yeah. just because they're called draft boosters doesn't mean they're just for drafting
1: i i know that i know that but i mean 10 is a number that doesn't make any sense for any kind of a limited environment that you are
2: No, it's in. not for that it's no, entirely that, because they have, to to cost have 40
1: yeah
0: it's to have <laughs> boosters to
2: open yeah
0: that's what you buy a Backpack, I mean bundles for
2: yeah. If you want weird, a long time ago these things had books on them.
1: That is true. They yeah. did, and I missed those days.
0: Uh, I do not, because the books were almost uniformly bad.
1: Yes, but I like bad literature. Well, there you go then. Mm. Hey look, there's
2: a little more scrolling. Uh,
0: Clues is just determined to be the devil's advocate here for everything. Uh, and look, then the promo packs, which are the, the things... We
1: discussion, it was great.
0: The promo packs, which are the things that stores get to hand out Um, as rewards so remember this is the foil stamped rare or mythic from the set the foil stamped curated rare from a select group of cards from older sets the FNM promo and one arena promo card which gets you a booster pack now huh neat so instead of getting FNM promos or whatever stores get these and they give them out for whatever the hell they want to Right. These started with Core Twenty Twenty. This is not new. Okay. Okay. Are we done yet? Oh my God! All right. No, we're yeah, not. It's going.
1: two more important. So picks.
0: the BioBox promo is still a a brand new card that's not in the set and a collector booster. But remember, this brand new foil card that's not in the set you can get now in collector boosters. So hey, it's possible to right. get two it's copies not, of it because the BioBox promo. For specifically this set, you get the card and one collector
1: booster. It's not in the set, but it is in the set.
2: Yes. So you reference last hour of conversation.
1: Correct. And and a half. Yeah. It hasn't been that long. It was like an hour. Spotlight card. And then... Yeah, hey, spotlight card. Yeah, finally, something neat. Uh,
0: Back in the day, there was a thing called the Invitational. And... uh, Whoever won the Invitational would get to design a card, and then they would have their likeness on it. These feature such big hits as Snapcaster Mage, uh, Avalanche Riders, Dark Confidant, Dark Confidant, Sylvan Safekeeper,
1: uh, Meddling Mage,
0: Meddling Mage, uh, the uh, uh, Solemn Simulacrum. Yep.
2: yep. And a
0: couple more that...
2: Yeah, there were a lot.
0: Weren't big enough. So, but they don't do the Invitational anymore. Not that Invitational anyway. And they don't let players design cards. Uh, But see also
1: all those cards we just talked about.
0: Some of those cards we just talked about. But uh, starting with Throne of Eldraine, the current world champion will be pictured depicted as it were in a new player spotlight card so 2018 world champion javier dominguez will be featured on a throne of El drain card and this is awesome i'm glad they're yes. right because absolutely
1: hands down awesome
0: like quick the just the two of you do you know who won back-to-back world championships Okay, Dude, while they I don't, don't know, know chat, real name, do you know, without looking it up? Oh, there we go, I am the dork, got it. Shahar Shenhar won two world championships in a row. And lots of people just don't know that. Correct. Because, it's as we me. pointed out earlier, the vast majority of Magic players are casuals. Right. I mean, the three of us fall in that category,
2: yeah, I as do not actually magic. care who wins the tournament once we are done mispronouncing their name.
0: Exactly. But uh this is a really sweet way to make winning the world championship matter for more than the paycheck and the invite to next year's worlds. Like this is really big and I'm I'm very happy that they're doing this.
2: You too can get your art on a card and then later see them reprint that card with different art.
1: It could happen. Yeah. It's Unless you're uh,
0: Kaibuta, in which case then they will reprint it with better art, but with you still on it.
2: That was nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then hiccups.
2: But that's cool. Like, that'll be a fun thing to look forward to. And I-, I like that they're doing that.
0: And hey, Brew182 is now following. Thank you. Welcome to the pool. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, that is this this article now uh on twitter who is this person uh,
1: if if i if i may before uh, we move sure. on from from this article uh so remember at the beginning of all this nonsense like an hour ago we said that uh the whole point of what we're doing here of what they're doing here is uh how can we make tabletop magic even better these were the answers they came up with and uh overall you know my my philosophical philosophical objections uh aside Uh, I I think it's actually pretty good. Right? I mean, if you want Surprise and Agency, they've given you different kinds of boosters to buy and neat things to open in those boosters. I don't think they're trying to kill magic. Or at least not paper magic. At least not yet.
0: Yeah. So, as I was saying, this person on Twitter, uh, Quincognito underscore, made a handy-dandy little chart. To explain what is in each booster. Data. Uh, Let's see if I swap to this one. Does that help? Nope, that cuts off the other end. All right, well, I don't have this framed properly, but you can see Borderless Planeswalkers in foil and non-foil and showcase cards and extended art cards, buy a box and planes and all, just all of the different flavors. And it's a simple yes or no for where you can get them. Now, just looking at this... It looks kind of god-awful, but it looks like... What did someone say in the comments? This looks like an Ubisoft uh, a pre-order, pre-order bonus chart. chart yeah,
1: it, it does.
0: Which, it, sorry, it's a Ubisoft, it turns out. Uh, if, I don't know, it
2: actually looks like I get something that I bought off of this.
0: Aww. Uh But I, I bring this up specifically because it's... It looks horribly overcomplicated, but remember, we have zero practical tactile experience with this just yet. This will all make sense, I'm sure, once we get a set or two under our belts. Then there will, uh, on Twitter, there will be pedantry running rampant of, no, of course you can get the non-foils in this kind of booster. Psh, So...
1: However, the the need for a chart like this is exactly why I object to it philosophically.
0: I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, get... I
2: don't, I don't think you need the chart like this. So uh,
0: yeah, I don't, I I don't think there's that. a need for this chart.
2: <laughs> the pack tells me what's in it when I look at it.
0: Yeah, but there you go. It's uh, it's complicated. It's kind of a mess. It's kind of funny. And look, it actually extends past that so he goes all the way over
2: here needs more pivot table
0: but okay so that's that now gavin has an article that went up uh yesterday about brawl because he refuses to let brawl die the death it so nobly deserves uh so yeah we get some cards this is our first throne of royal eldraine cards and they're brawl cards which means you will almost certainly never see these in standard. uh, Arcane Signet for two mana is an artifact. The taps to add one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. This card is going to be like, sort of like the new Solar Ring where every commander deck in the history of ever wants it.
2: I mean, every three plus color commander deck, maybe. But yeah.
0: I mean, this is still for two mana? Mm, pretty much every commander deck that's not one color. Yeah. But so that's a card. Where's the oh, and then this there's this one. Which uh well wait, before we get to that, you'll notice on this card the collector number is 331, not 331 over like 300 or whatever. Right? yeah well they were asked about that and aaron forsythe said the main set cards have the denominator anything outside of the main set does not so you won't get like he says the 107 out of 100 thing so if the collector number will be you know some number out of 300 let's say the set has 300 cards i don't know but anything 301 and above won't. So that just cleans up some confusion there. Which I like. Nope. No opinion from you two?
1: Okay. Yeah, okay, well, I mean... I've, I'm not I've really already, bothered by it either way. I've already given my objections to things that are I you know, just... in, in the set but not.
2: My, my opinion on all of this is that there's only been one point in all of history where the collector numbers mattered, and that's when they were previewing Alara Reborn. Ah, yes.
0: All right. So, then we scroll down here. Oh, by the way, Brawl will be on Arena.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a biggie, I think. That,
0: yeah, this is going to be the reason the Brawl doesn't die, is because somebody finally decided we, they're going to put it on Arena. So 1v1 Brawl is going to be on Arena coming soon.
1: Yeah, so in fact, the the whole reason that I will one day try Brawl is this.
3: Yeah.
0: So there you go. Uh, Also, apparently they're going to do a Brawl event in October at your local game stores. There you go. They're really pushing Brawl because they're sad that Brawl died
1: yeah for reals easy you guys. brawl
0: yeah, uh, so here's our second card, chulane Teller of tales. Wait buddy there we go. for two in a bant green, white, blue, two and green, white blue. It's a two four human druid with vigilance and ridiculous abilities. yay, so, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. Then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Not broken. Uh. And then for three and tap, return target creature you control to its owner's hand. At least it taps to do that?
2: At least it taps to do that. Well, I mean, it would have to. Like, it actually has to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, at least it taps to do that, That Nice.
0: Uh, so, Yeah. There, there you go. That's, that's our first, our, our second card from Throne of Eldrain, and it's a busted commander. All right. Yeah. Uh. Neat. It's possible that this might actually see standard play, although I, I don't know. I'm apparently bad at judging. Well, creatures, that's usually easy to tell. Um. So probably not.
2: I don't think that's going to be standard play. But so in commander, when it does, you'll call me out. But...
0: but but in commander and brawl, uh yeah, this is this is really good. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah, that's that.
1: Oh, also, if you're waiting for your uh Commander 2019 edition previews, that'll happen at Gen Con in August. Correct. So yeah. Stand by.
0: Yes, for God's sake, let us have a minute without freaking uh, never-ending Preview Season, which we didn't, nope. because even didn't. though they didn't show any cards at SDCC, there's previews right there. So thanks, uh, Gavin.
2: I like to think back to a week and a half ago when Gavin said they were going to give Commander time to breathe. Yeah. No, no, we won't dump Commander yet. We've got to talk about the core set, also the next set, and Commander, and changing this back.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh next up, hey the Hasbro investors report thing revenue report whatever happened. Magic is up. Monopoly. Ma- magic is up, and they're planning on exploiting it further, of course.
2: Play-doh. So
0: Yeah, oh. there you go.
2: <laughs> Have some numbers that say magic good. Go team. Yeah.
0: Magic's making all the money. Arena's making all the money. And they're going to push people to spend more money on Magic and Arena.
2: And then three months, they they'll do. say the same thing. And then three months after that, they'll be like, well, it's down. Because it's always down the first quarter. Yeah. This is a cycle.
0: All right. We good there? Sure. All right. Next up, hey, look. The Arena State of the Beta. Hey. hey. Uh, They're doing a new event. Because you remember they did
1: that, hmm. I don't remember what it was called. The War of the Spark Spotlight events? Chronicles. War of the Spark Chronicles, Chronicles. was the, Chronicles. the full name, right.
0: yeah. Well, now they're doing plaincation. Uh Let's see. Events will start on Sunday at 8 a.m. Pacific time and end well, we on the following this Tuesday.
1: Sunday, I believe. What? I believe we mean this coming Sunday for the first one, in fact.
0: Uh, I don't know. There's no date yet but
1: yeah but i think there was a tweet about it and i think it really does start this week
0: okay but it starts sunday at 8 a.m pacific time and ends the following tuesday at 11 a.m pacific time
1: so yeah, sunday monday tuesday huh. but only part of tuesday So it's basically sunday and monday are you at your computer for two days if not you're screwed so if you're actually on vacation this doesn't help you
0: Uh, You'll earn rewards based on the number of wins, up to six wins for each event. And there's no entropy. Boom, there you go.
1: Oh, and it doesn't matter how many times you lose. Just play till you get there. Yeah. So, if you're playing against someone named Clues, feel free to concede.
0: Let's see. Now, the Manipool Discord server pointed out that this paragraph was a little suspect... For those of you who participated in our War of the Spark Chronicles events, you'll notice a couple of key differences. For starters, we shortened both how long the event lasts and the number of wins required to earn all the rewards. We heard and saw that as each event and the Chronicles themselves continued, players began to burn themselves out and stop playing. Now, the Discord server pointed out that (coughs) that too, that a bunch of the, that every one of those of the Chronicles events Got more complex as you went along. So you started with no deck. It was Momir. Mm. And then you went to, like, Singleton, I think. Clues, you played these. Do you remember?
1: Uh, I know there was a Pauper event. And I think there was a Singleton event. I forget what the other one was.
0: And then there was just, like, standard without something, I think.
1: Yeah. Maybe it was Fullstown. I don't remember.
0: But, like the and if i also remember correctly people complained more about the meta for each step so that oh the one that gave you counters on creatures and planeswalkers yeah i heard a lot of people oh, yeah, yeah, complaining yeah. about that one so like you you needed more and more complex decks to play in each one so of course the one that requires no deck you just go in and play more people are going to play for longer So it could be that they are shaping the data to fit their goals rather yeah, than...
1: Here's, here's what I'm going to say. Lessons were learned. They may not have been the correct lessons.
0: Could be. Yeah, the new mean? event... Uh, is called... Plane-cation and you're gonna go to different planes and do stuff
1: yeah presumably i i like the idea of shortening the number of wins that you need to have i don't like the idea of just how bloody short this is because it's really just sunday and monday right like that seems yeah i mean it's sure it's part of tuesday too but i mean only until 11 a.m pacific so like mid afternoon on Tuesday. So if you have an actual job, we meant Sunday night and mon- well, Sunday and Monday night.
2: I don't like you guys have any plans on Monday nights.
1: And on Monday night, you're supposed to be in the chat right here. Yeah. On twitch.tv slash the Mana Pool. Uh
0: so yeah. Now it like, does say that if uh It says, for those of you who get a little homesick, uh, the event rewards will be purchasable for gold at a later date. So, if you miss the event, you're not boned. And we'll never get them again. So that's cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, if they feel like people were burning out, then I feel like the better thing to do is just essentially give a point where it's not worth Grinding anymore, and then give people more time to reach that point, because they're, as noted, creating the exact same problems. Now you have to grind on specific days, and those are days that are the worst days of the week for that. Like they say that Sundays apparently their most played day, which could be true. I don't know.
1: Well, it, that's also reset day, so I don't know that that's. Well,
2: it makes sense to start an event on reset day. It just should probably last more than two days.
1: I'll also say that the main reason that I, okay, there were two reasons why I didn't play the later events in the the previous one. One was I was actually on vacation and did not have my laptop with me, so I was gone for a while. Oh, so the model this event after you. the, uh, The reward I wanted, which was the stained glass Chandra, happened in week one, and the rest of them after that I didn't care about. Fair too. I mean, at that. one point, the, the, the I, I had worked with... So, so, like, one week, it was like you get one thing at, like, like one win, and one thing at, like, three wins, and then one thing... At, no, it was like 3, 6, and 15, or whatever it was. But I got the one, and then the next one passed that was a Jace stained glass thing, and I honestly did not give a damn.
2: I believe this story. So... Well, whatever the case, they're doing this. If it doesn't work, they'll change it again. They've proven they're willing to.
1: Yes, I like that they're doing neat things.
0: And they're doing even more. So they're adding in the basic land filter, by the way, so you can go in and pick your basic lands. Yay. So that's cool. Uh, But there are new events after that. The the guild battle. Well, I guess that's what these are. I don't know. They're trying out three new events for the uh, Chronicles. Guild battle, where you pick a guild event deck. Pre-cons, which you don't get to keep. It's like, so if you ever played Hearthstone, it's like a, a tavern brawl that has pre-con, a pre-constructed deck, and you just pick one. You don't get to keep those cards. You just play with them in the event. Yeah. That's it. That's what this is. This isn't fantastic technology. It's just, hey, here's a deck to play with. It's like borrowing a deck from a buddy, except the buddy is Arena. Okay? Okay. Yeah. It's not hard to understand, but some people were like, they're doing phantom events! And I'm like, it's... sure. Kind of?
1: is it sure, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look, there's a Boros deck. Shut the hell up. It's fine.
0: Uh, the standard shakeup is another thing they're doing, where they're banning certain cards for this standard shakeup event only. Nobody calm down. Nobody freak out. But there's, there's a list of cards here that will just not be legal in this event. So like things like Nexus of Fate and Teferi and Teferi and Hydra Crisis and Chain Whirler and Arc Light Phoenix and Command the Dreadhorde, a bunch of just big huge
2: things that
1: Yeah, that you, you thing might thing get that, sick uh, of. I gotta say that thing that killed you last time, yeah, they can't play with that.
2: Yeah. Clues they
1: ban both
2: to fairies
1: Which I like that. I really do. I would say I'm sad that they banned Goblin Chain Whirler, but I get it. Um, I am sad that they banned Light Light Up the Stage, because I kind of need that card. It's really good.
2: Look, sacrifices must be made if you're going to kill Teferi Clues. Yeah. Your only steam can, however, ran away.
0: And finally, the landfall event. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. If that card is a land card, put it into your hand. If it's a creature card, put it on the bottom of your library and get a 1 1 plant. And if it's a non creature non land, uh, you put that card on the bottom. Each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. That is an emblem that is always on in this landfall event.
1: Oh, it says each opponent, so two headed giant for this confirmed.
0: Sure. Don't say stuff like that. Clues were a news it's, it's, show. It's not true. It's not there true. You I'm go. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, they're also finally, finally making it so that you don't have to reinstall the entire goddamn game every time there's a patch. Finally. Is the
2: thing you guys have to do? Yeah,
0: uh, yeah that's that, a thing that, that should should do. the thing you have to do. That's the thing you have to do right now. Yeah. Every it's patch involves hard. completely reinstalling the game. Well, they're finally... Finally, fixing that. (laughs) Oh, look, it even says, or as you, the player, would probably label this section, finally. Yeah. Now, you'll have to reinstall the game for this July 25th update, but then after that, most things will just be a patch.
1: Most. No promises.
2: Yeah. Beta, 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 beta,
0: beta. And this, this is something that should have been... Once it went into open beta, this should have been implemented. But, you know.
1: Mistakes were made.
0: Yeah. They're busy trying to figure out how to monetize the toy before making it a fun toy to play. Uh, it's, it's like Wizards was possessed by Riot Games or something. Uh, and finally... You can... Uh, Download your log files. For some reason.
2: So that we can look at whoever generates this, um, file structure?
0: I, I I don't, I don't know what you would want this for.
2: I need to know what's on their C drive, Julie.
0: I guess. Uh. So there you go. That's, uh. That's the state of the beta. New event, basic lane filter, and you don't need to reinstall every time there's a patch. Yay! So would you believe we've been going for almost an hour and forty-five minutes, and now we get to talk about tournaments. Yay! Hey,
1: let's speed run the tournaments. What do you say?
0: Well, we can't speed run it too hard because it's new standard.
1: Yeah, but.
0: Uh, it's new standard you got to spend yeah, 45 minutes could, talking about could. your philosophical update we have to talk about tournaments so there My were
1: 600 and break fi- it up what gotta hang up there were
0: 600 what is it 615 615 615 people at magic fest denver playing in the grand prix which is really small
1: is it i mean what? they are at altitude
0: that like, especially for Denver. That's really small. Like, this is this is horribly small. Hang on. Let's go MTG Grand Prix attendance, because there is a Wikipedia for that.
1: Yeah, there is. I'm bringing it up now.
0: Like, okay, let's go to. Oh, 2018. Okay. It is the... Ooh, where's this? Sydney.
1: There, there were 625 players in Denver in 2008 for Block Constructed.
0: Yeah. Like, this is one of the smallest American GPs in a very long time.
1: Holy crap, in 2015 there were 1497 in Denver. I'm just looking at the Denver events.
0: Ooh, where's this? Porto Alegre. There were 575 in 2017. Uh,
1: 1568
0: in 2016. Oh wait, are you are you uh, just looking for Denver?
1: Yeah, 1188 in 2017. Uh, 506 teams or 1,518 players for Team Limited in October of 2018. 700 for
0: Legacy in 2012. 2013, (sighs) rather. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is small. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is super tiny. And I don't know if it's because everyone's at home playing Arena or... Because of all of the organized play changes over the years, people, uh, because I know that like you see on Twitter and I even hear people talking about it on the rare occasion that I go to a local game store or stick my head into the like uh, uh, Facebook group for local magic players. People don't care about GPs anymore. And I think these attendance numbers here are kind of showing that. Look, 708... In Detroit just, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. So, hmm. But anyway, I just thought I'd point that out. Uh, But hey, LSV won. The whole thing. Which is great. First place. Look at that.
1: Wow. At, uh, at the last minute, he was, he was originally going to be on, uh, he was Black White Vampires. And like the day before on Twitter, he's like, I'm kind of feeling scapeshift. Anybody got any cards? And he he pulled the deck together and ta-da.
0: Yeah. So yeah, LSV1 playing the, uh, I think he's at the bottom here, the Bant scapeshift deck. Which uses Arboreal Grazer, which I find hilarious. And Elvis Rejuvenator and Hydrid Crasis and hiccups you've got Teferi Time Raveler because of course you do uh Circuitous Root Grow from the Ashes Growth Spiral Prison Realm and Scape Shift and then everything else is is lands and what is it that you're uh Scape Shifting well it's Field of the Dead let's just What what did I click on? Ah, Uh, when it it or another land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands with different names, create a tutu black zombie creature token. Yeah, so you scapeshift into a whole bunch of lands and some fields of the dead, and have a giant army of tutus. At least as far as I can tell, that's all this deck is trying to really do.
1: Yeah, I I believe it is.
0: I don't, that's I don't the goal. think I've missed any sort
1: of cuteness. I mean, I suppose you could beat them to death with a hydroid crisis, but
0: Well, I mean but as far as the escape part of the deck.
1: Yeah, yeah, the goal the goal is uh is that.
0: Ah, Vincent pointed out you did it on your uh opponent's instep because of Teferi. Yep. Until your next turn, you may cast sorcerer spells as though they had flash. Yeah, there's that.
1: Yeah, Teferi's kind of a bastard that way.
0: A little bit. So yeah, that's important. Who who did he beat? Greg Keithley. Uh, these are not in order. Who's playing the Simic Nexus deck that we all know and love? Question mark.
1: Yeah, we take know. off the question mark. We we don't love that.
0: Oh, okay. We definitely know. Uh, let's see. In third and fourth, no particular reason, Alan's son is on Bant scapeshift. I, and...
1: I do like how uh, Channel Fireball's system has, I'm sorry, I'm still back on that Simic Nexus deck, that uh, Greg Keithley is playing. 4X Nexus of Fate hyphen foil hyphen buy a box promo. Yeah. That's how you know. It's linking to their card system. And
2: then Eric Hawkins.
0: All right, you two. Eric Hawkins is on Orzhov Vampires. Don't make me turn this van around because we're in a van. Did you know that?
2: I mean, (laughs) that explains more than it doesn't.
0: (laughs) Uh, The Orzhov Vampires deck that we have seen for the last uh, couple weeks of New Standard. Yeah. This one is running Sanctum Seeker and lots of it because this one is, you know, awesome. Uh, and then the rest of the top eight in no particular order again, because if they don't care, I don't care. Uh, Jackson King is on Bandscape Shift. My, what? Wrong, wrong link. Michael Cochran. Nope. Drew Stewart is on Just Guy Super Friends. With, uh, let's see. Chandra Awakened Inferno. Karn... Narset, sahili Sublime Artificer, Sarkon the Masterless, and Two Flavors of Teferi. Yeah, okay, that looks about normal. Dang it. Uh, Hunter Cochran is on the Boros Feather deck. So, you know, Feather with a bunch of cool spells and uh, various other things. Dang it, wrong button. And Chris, I cannot say his name. We're going to call him Chris... Uh, Owen, son of Glowen, who is no wait not son because Owen, Elwin, and Glowen were, were brothers, right? Owen, brother of Glowen, uh, who's playing Banscape Shift. Also, how do you say this? His name?
1: Oh, I have no idea. You you go ahead and, and
0: enter that. Oyen. Okay, I like that better actually. Hopefully, that's right.
2: It is now your name.
0: It is now your name. Sorry about that. Uh, oh there's an archetype breakdown thank goodness it's in a tweet of course let's see Esper hero was just over 10 percent of day two bant scapeshift was just under 10 percent of day two as was orzhov vampires uh, boros feather and mono red aggro were at 10 apiece in number of decks mono blue aggro was at eight and from there it drops off to six and below and there's a bunch of them that made day two 113 in fact So that's cool. In case you're wondering what you'll be seeing in the future, I would expect more escape Shift. Probably. Because it just sort of popped up this week and destroyed everybody.
2: Yeah. I think players also really enjoy the, oh, I got there, and then suddenly, blam, everything is over. Yeah. And it'll do that.
0: Whoops. Oh, right, there was another thing. Hey, the... Going back to Magic Arena real quick. The Twitch Prime offer apparently ran out on the 22nd. But it was still being advertised in-game until the 25th. So, whoops. (laughs) Apparently you could... uh, You could get a code. (coughs) If you didn't get a code yet from your amazon prime then you could uh do a code redemption problem and they'll send you one up until the 25th which is today's the 23rd and it's late so yeah just saying if you have twitch prime and meant to redeem that and didn't yet you can you can still get it but you have to do it like right now okay so back to i apparently closed the gp coverage
2: ha ha
0: love it when that happens. Is it this? Yeah, there we go. Uh, let's, ah, let's take a quick jump and look at ninth through 16th. We've got more vampires, more scapeshift. Golos scapeshift. Nathan Holiday playing the Golos scapeshift. That is Golos Tireless Pilgrim. This commander card.
2: Yeah. Look at that Wooburg. Just look at it.
0: Yeah. And he said, either in a deck tech or a tweet or an interview or something, that any game that he activated, Golos, he won.
2: I mean, I would hope so.
0: Golos says, for two and a wooberg exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn without paying their mana costs. So, you know. I think paying seven to get three free spells is probably pretty good. It's probably pretty good.
1: Probably.
2: Yeah.
0: And he's also running Cavalier of Thorns with three green mana symbols. in deck sure. With his Wuburg.
2: Woo! Well, Golos does fetch two of his colors.
0: That is true, yeah.
2: It doesn't say basic. Hmm.
0: Let's see here. We've got... More scapeshift. Simic Flash in 13th. Sultai scapeshift. This is running Vraska Casualties of War. And let's see. Massacre Girl. Oh, girl! And Voracious Hydra. It's a really good card. Voracious Hydra?
1: No, no, no. Massacre Girl.
0: Damn right. Uh, There's another Boros Feather and there's uh, another Vampires in 16th. So there you go. So that was Denver. Yay. Hooray. Alright, so now let's go, God. Let's go to the Star City event. It was team limited, a team constructed, which means each team was Hooray. one standard, one modern, one legacy, so we're just going to run through the names on that. Don't yeah. care. Uh, so who? how many people were in this?
2: Um, there were 801 people spread over 267 teams. Nice. So, so the winning they, team in fact defeated the GP for attendance.
0: Yeah, but hey, there's coverage there. Yep. Just saying. Uh, so uh, the winning team was Corey. Uh, I don't know how to say. It. I've never heard his name said out loud. Bowmeister, Bowmeister. It's one of those. Uh, and on standard, playing John the Dinosaur, Shaheen Sarani and modern playing Azorius Control. And Pete Ingram in Legacy playing Four-Color Delver. The second place team, Ben... Uh, Reg, Regan. Regan. Ragan, One of those, playing eldrazi Tron in Modern. Alex Rubin on Four-Color Control in Legacy. And Nicholas Delval on Boris Feather in Standard. Third place, Sam Lawrence on Simic Nexus in Standard. Daniel Duffy on Humans in Modern. And Joseph Horton on Teamer Delver in Legacy it's round out the top four: Sky Mason on Banscape Shift in Standard, Benjamin Riley on Pure Steel Paladin in Modern. Huh? Ah. Whoa. And then Kenton, hang on, Nah, hang on. Wait. Every time, hang on. I got one. I've got something in this eye. And two, the uh, every time I look at this guy's name, a different letter pops out. Hang on. Nadzhian. Nadzhian. legacy. Something like that. I apologize as always. Uh playing Bomberman in Legacy. What the hell is Bomberman?
2: I think we've I asked this question before. Yeah, I, I oh, used to know. Right.
0: Yeah, know. this was So it used to be called Bomberman because it was running the uh the freaking the one the thing that you sacrifice to pay one to, to, to deal bomb. two. pirate spell bomb yeah but now it's just walking ballista because it's funnier did the pure steel paladin deck play the new uh hang on let me go find it i hope so doesn't look like it now no because no, that costs one why would it play that the question was, is it playing the new The Big Ass Hammer thing? But no, the hammer costs one. These all cost zero, which is why the deck works. Yeah. They have to cost zero to be able to like that. Deck
2: really hasn't changed, has it? Do <clears> what? <throat> still doesn't really change.
0: Yeah, not since we got SRAM and uh, uh... Was it really just SRAM?
2: That's the only thing that was really added over time.
0: I think mean, he's the one that made the deck become an actual thing.
2: I mean, yeah, like, Pure Steel, way back when it was in Standard, was a somewhat different deck, given it didn't have all this crap.
0: But No, I mean, the um, modern deck. It's been around as kind of a thing, but it took SRAM and, uh yeah, basically SRAM to make it work.
2: Yeah. Well, SRAM is helpful like that.
0: Yeah. It does have an Eldamri's Call. Oh, yeah, that's new. That was in uh, Modern Horizons, right?
2: Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, because you want to go get one of your two creatures that you don't have yet. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Okay, moving on. So that's the, the team thing. Like I said, there's no real reason to look real hard at any meta in that, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. So let's go to uh, the Standard Classic. How many people were in that?
2: Standard Classic was 154.
0: Okay. So, Kane uh, Reinhard, Kane Reinhardt. <clears throat> He's got a big hammer. Uh, one with Bant midrange. Ashford Smith in second is on the Bant scapeshift. Jonathan Carter in third Bant scapeshift. Uh, Gavin Wynn in fourth is on Montoret aggro. I approve. As is Aaron Barich Still on approved. fifth place. Douglas Schaub in six is on Esper mid-range. Collins Mullen on seventh on Bant midrange. And Dylan Donegan on eight, in eighth on Jund Dinosaurs, which hey, still I know makes me happy.
1: Collins and Dylan.
0: Look All at right. you knowing people. Let's see, the rest of the top 16 Esper Control, Mono Blue Egg Roll, Ag- Egg Roll Orzhov Vampires, Bant Midrange, Soul Tie Flash, more Mono Blue, Bant Scapeshift, and Bant Midrange. And that rounds out the top 16.
3: Yay!
2: Mono Hooray. Blue Egg Roll.
0: Yeah, don't eat that one.
2: No. That one's bad <laughs> for you. That's not even a Dr. Seuss level thing. Just yes. don't do it.
0: Mono well, Blue Egg Roll. Uh how many people were at the modern open classic, modern classic open classic?
2: Obviously a lot more because it's modern, you're at two seventy-seven.
0: That is a lot more, yeah. Uh Nick Urban won on Mono Red Phoenix. He beat Joe Ambrosio, who was on Mono Red Phoenix.
2: They were both ready to go home and then they did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh John Goss in third was on Grixis Urza. Oh right, Urza, the card. Yeah, we've seen this deck. Okay. Almost like, Grixis, Ur-. my brain filled in the word Tron, and I'm like, I, I don't mean, know that one. I mean, no, didn't one. get
2: a card until now, so yeah, fair.
0: Uh, Steven Borakov was on Counter's Company in fourth. Tyler Allen in fifth played Burn.
3: Burn!
0: Tim Turner in sixth was on the Eldrazi Tron plan. Josh Pellerine, or Pelrine, or something like that, played Jund to get seventh. And Andrew Lee rounded out the top eight with... More burn. burn. The rest of the top sixteen Eldrazi Tron Orzov Eldrazi. Is it Phoenix? Probably. Grixis Urza, more is it Phoenix? Goblins
1: Way to go, Jim Davis. Way to go.
0: And then Dredge and Grixis Urza. Hang on, let's go look at this modern goblins deck. Okay, yeah,
1: go. that's where I am.
0: Crater Maker, yup. Matrons, uh-huh. of course. Yeah. Pile drivers, ringleaders, that's war chiefs. <laughs> A Mog Fanatic. Hey, remember that card? War Marshal. Oh. Makes sense. Munitions Expert. Oh! Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh.
2: Rocket Shark. See,
0: exactly. Siege Gang Commander, Skirk Prospector, Siege Gang... Or, no, Sling Gang Lieutenant. Which is the thing that I was hoping would make some kind of uh, splash. No pun intended. And Pashalik Mons. Nice. Uh, I'm going to guess... Because it's funny. Also, Aether Vial and Tarfire, because duh. Is there. Let's see, Mutavolt Field of Ruin. Yeah, there's Cavern of Souls. And yeah. onto Hubble. <laughs>
1: you... Gotta put that in there.
0: Wow. Alright. Ooh, there's Icon of Ancestry in the board. Holy crap.
2: Eh. Along Trash the- Master.
0: Along with a Chain Whirler, a Crater Maker, and a Trash Master. The Trash Master. And four Thought Seeds <laughs> and one Warren Weirding all in the board. And it's two Ravenous goblin. Trap. Look at this. This is crazy.
1: Yeah, this also is... two Relic
0: and one Graf Cage. Because screw you and your entire
2: graveyard, apparently. That's important.
1: I like that Pashalik Mons. That is not... Yeah, I like that a lot. I approve. This is a good deck.
0: Yeah, it was just pointed out that Sling Gang Lieutenant gets past uh, Bridge from Below. Not Bridge from Below. Ensnaring Bridge. Bridge from Below is not legal anymore.
2: Everything gets past Bridge from Below. Yeah.
0: And Pashalik Mons is really great against Board Wipes. Because, okay, well, you kill my ten goblins and you take ten. Nerd. So, yeah. Seems good yep I, I like it, especially like the the new stuff making it in here munitions expert yeah, since you can't have crap Jim Paul incinerator this is pretty good. it's not as broken, isn't that right Carso mm-hmm Carso knows he and I discussed this actually just not long ago. <laughs>
2: trash master
0: all right so that was modern and now we're gonna throw it over to clues for legacy
1: hey the legacy classic we're 159 players more than standard i might add 159 players were there for the king of all formats legacy hey i'm gonna read off some names and some deck lists here but before i do gentlemen can you do me a favor can you tell me what year it is?
2: Pretty like sure. Socially or calendar?
1: Like like calendar wise. Like my what, my what computer says twenty nineteen. Okay. In first place, Alex Hahn is on Teamer Delver. In second place, Ed D'Amico is on Is It Delver? Yes. In third place, Tyler Anderson is on Is It Delver.
0: Yes, I already answered that.
1: Are you sure that it's 2019? Because it's nothing but Delverdex. This is killing me. In fourth place, David Weisenberg is on Mono Red Prison. The Mono Red I approve of. The prison, eh. Fifth place, Eric Bertlett is on Bomberman. As previously discussed, if you'd like to see a legacy Bomberman, a current Legacy Bomberman list, it's right there in all of its walking ballista glory. In sixth place, Brandon Klein is on Azorius Stoneblade, Matthew Volk with four color loam, and in eighth place, Michael Coyle is on Mono Blue Urza, which sounds awful. <laughs> Just <laughs> awful.
0: Yeah, this this is definitely the Anti Clues deck. Yeah.
1: This is I feel filthy just having this deck open. Oh
0: let me at let me close five. that then
1: This is yeah, I'm just going to close that and look at ninth through sixteenth if I could, please. We got some storm uh what do we think? Ant or Tess ant or Tess.
0: Oh, I didn't look It is uh, ants It is ants yeah
1: it is ant. there we go. uh is it delver Imperial painter? oh look at that. That's nice. Any new tech in the Imperial Painter deck?
0: Oh yeah, the Painter was unbanned in Commander, so now it's people feel like they can play it in Legacy again without being shamed.
1: Goblin Engineer is new. Oh, hey. You're right. Look at you. Yeah, okay, I can live with it. (laughs) I can live with it. Oh, and Arkham's Astrolabe, of course. (laughs) Mono Red Mill. Yes, yes, Carso, that is... In was, in fact, on a red mill. Uh, Lands in 12th. Maverick uh, some burn out in 14th. Four-color loam and 12-post round out. Am
0: I back? Am I back? Okay, we're back. So, hey. Everybody's gone. I mean, it is tomorrow afternoon, so I can sort of understand. So, hi. Last night during Monday Night Magic... Right at the end, luckily, my power just went out. Just just went out. Stayed out for about 45 minutes. And then came back. Yay! And then my internet went out. After about 15 minutes of the power being back on. So I swore loudly and went to bed. So, yeah. Sorry for this Monday Night Magic video coming out on... Uh, thursday sorry about that but apparently it couldn't be helped stupid power and internet going out so yeah luckily we got through everything uh if you want to follow squee on twitter it's squee goblin Nubob. there's no i in goblin presumably because it was out destroying a substation in my neighborhood And if you want to follow Clues on Twitter, that's at LockLuzet, spelled just like it is in the show notes. Uh, Squee is also going to the convention in Raleigh this weekend. I think it used to be called Raleigh Supercon, but now it's called something else, and I don't know what. But, yeah, hey, if you're going to be there, then, you know, say hi. Hit him on Twitter, something. Yeah. Uh, as for all of my usual stuff, you can find all the stuff I do I stream here on Twitch. I stream lots of stuff. I put up one, at least one, YouTube video every day over on Twitch.tv... No, that's that's where we are now. Over on YouTube.com slash The Manipool. Right now it's Dota Underlords and the World of Light from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and The Messenger's Picnic Panic DLC and some games of Hearthstone that I played with Mike that were pretty entertaining. And... Oh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Pool. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to help support what I do with all of these streams, and two podcasts a week, and at least one YouTube video every day, then you can go to patreon.com slash Pool and uh, sign up to be a lifeguard. You get a variety of perks... You can get... That was my finger. You can get uh, Manipool episodes and YouTube videos early. You can get the odds and ends, which is all the stuff recorded before and after both Monday Night Magic and the Manipool that is uncensored and unfiltered. Just some behind-the-scenes nonsense of us being us. Uh, some of which are exceedingly long. Others are especially short, because that's how behind-the-scenes stuff works. And... Uh, if you want, you can go for the Mythic Lifeguard spot and get the sponsorship shout-out on both podcasts and on the in-screen for all of the YouTube videos. So, thanks to our Mythic Lifeguards, Kim Ho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Timu Hellas, are You, Connor Kennedy, John Morris, Alex Gonzalez, Jeff Spencer, Stuart Slaw, PJ McMullen, Sophia Bertain, Casey, Faye and Says, Danny Liao, Jason Doane, Cody Buckwing, Jake Jansen's, Jason Kaus, Gothic Man, Brian Delucci, Stark Maximum, John Parker, Violet Moon, Oh. Well today, Wednesday, now that I'm recording this, it's Violet Moon's birthday. Happy birthday. Uh Aleph Cat, Dan Holm, Bartle, Sarah Jane, and the Beast Father, Aaron Goodwine. Thank you all so very much for your support. I quite literally could not do it without you. And also thanks to all of the lifeguards. No matter what tier you're at, I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Right? Clues, they're not here. They're doing stuff because it's Wednesday afternoon. So, uh, I've been Chewy. Thank you all so very much for joining us. And uh, don't let your power
3: go out while you're streaming.